Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Pat Nemers, uh, lead pastor at Sailorville Church. I have with me Doug Porter. He's our tech manager here. And Vivian Schwab, one of our members. And you've been around the church for how many years? Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> 2004 or five. Well, it's, so. it, and it's in really direct connection. You're a mother, right? Correct. And how many children do you have? Three. Okay. And uh, uh, you came here as a direct result of widowhood. Isn't that true? Pretty much, yes. Okay. okay. Um, and that was, that's how I knew the 2004-5. Um, my husband passed away in 2002 suddenly. The kids were 15, 11, and 6. Okay. And I had some good friends here. Um, I was in a church, um, but... Actually, having you be a, a person who'd lost oh. your spouse really made connection. a connection. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was important. And, wow. and some really good family friends yeah. that brought us here. Vivian has lived an amazing life since then. I mean, we all marvel at this woman here. And you're still a widow, though. You didn't remarry then, huh? Correct. Okay, so... Um, uh, we're glad you're here because on this podcast, uh, we're sort of, we sort of feed off, to some degree, the sermons that just took place, and we have questions that have come in. And uh, Doug, you, uh, we have you here, not because you're the tech guy, but because, I mean, you've been around for how long, Sailorville Church? Well, since I was born, so I'm 40. <laughs> I'm 40. Okay, so you were born, not so much... You were kind of in the church, but yeah, uh, when, forth, yeah. you know, when somebody says that, you think, oh man, born and raised Every in the church, Sunday, right. idyllic uh, upbringing, uh, but not, that's not really the case, is yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I, I was, um, my parents divorced when I was three, but so I was with my grandparents a lot, especially on weekends. So that's why I was at church all the time. So I was with them on weekends. Sometimes I lived with them, sometimes I lived with my mom, ended up with my dad later. So yeah, I, but I was in and out of the church. I didn't go here through youth group, but I was here pretty much the rest of the time. So hardly a normal upbringing from no. a Christian perspective, right? No. And uh, so we often marvel at uh, the God's mercy and grace in your life. Yeah. Uh, your grandparents being evangelized through the church here and that being a major factor yeah. as well. Now I'm asking about these upbringings because uh, last uh, week we, we've been going through the Ten Commandments. We looked at the Fifth Commandment, honoring your father and mother. And, uh, and talking about uh, you know, how kids can honor their father and mother, what, why they should obey. Uh, we talked about the New Testament having sort of an, uh, an exposition of the Old Testament in Ephesians chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. And we exposited that and we gave some practical insight. But as you can imagine, because it's a, it has a family context to it, there are questions out there about honoring um, how, you, how you parent uh, and how kids respond to parents uh, that are not uh, perfect. And last I checked, that's all of us. That's all of us. Okay, so... Uh, uh, but let's just, I'm going to start with you, Vivian, because we, we started with you and, you know, you have, uh, your kids were how old when you became a widow? Um, 15, 11, and 6. Okay, so at the age, 15, 11, that, boy, those are critical times. You're talking about a high schooler now, right. uh, 11, and, and, and a 6-year-old, and a, and a suddenly, no dad. Correct. I mean, like, everything's fine, dad's dead. Okay, so, and with, with my case, I did go a couple of years without a mother and mother figure in our home, but only a couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, t 
talk to us about that. I mean, uh, we, we look at you. I mean, uh, the audience, should, she's an outstanding teacher. In fact, you went back and got educated and you're mm -hmm. still in the area of education. Um, uh, but that, you're not a dad. I am not a dad. Okay. Yeah, you're so. right. <laughs> Uh, and, and what you said is, what were the challenges of being a single mom who, I didn't really know single moms. That was not in my wheelhouse. And so one of the things was I wasn't the dad. Mm -hmm. I, we had our own roles, you know, I was the, I was the traditional mom and Brian was the go to work and come home and play with the kids and rough house and do the dad things. and. I tried really hard to do those dad things. I I have one particular memory of taking Daniel to the baseball field and trying to pitch to him. I couldn't get a ball across the plate to save my <laughs> life. It was no fun for any of us. Oh, I mean, my. so I I tried, but I just I wasn't the dad. So, and I don't even look at that as a mistake. I mean, it's you were... not a mistake. That's just. Uh, and circumstances. They, I mean, they at least have some funny stories to tell out of that. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure. sure they do. <laughs> um, but what kind of mistakes would you acknowledge making? Because you, I mean, that has to be difficult. I mean, crossing over, doing, I mean, you had to, you had to step up the authority, I'm sure. A little bit. I was sort of the disciplinarian of the, of the family already. But if I am, if I am saying, what is my parenting mistake? I'm not really sure it had to do with being a single mom. Mm. Um, I, um, I parented in a way, especially in the beginning, where the kids needed to obey without question. Mm -hmm. And I, I still agree with that. Sort of like your example in the sermon, sometimes obedience immediately saves your life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like as a little kid, I think it's important that kids learn to obey without question and immediately, I, st I stayed in that phase of, because I told you so, yeah, too yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it took me, maybe because of Brian's death, I didn't have it within me to micromanage all those things anymore. Like, and then I began to realize I was really damaging the relationship that I had with my kids. I loved them. I mean, I, I loved them beyond anything and I would do anything for them, but I was losing that relationship because I knew the right way. Well, you said a lot here because going back to the sermon, I also pointed out that those commands are not abstract. They're pretty clear. Obey, uh, it's the right thing to do. It goes well with you. Uh, uh, you'll have a fullness. It, it, you'll be blessed in your life. The, those are not. Those are even things even a kid can understand. Mm -hmm. But then you said, you know, as, you acknowledge that as our kids get older, the relationship is really, really important here. Mm -hmm. um, let me just swing back to Doug here for a moment because, Doug, um, uh, did you have a relationship with your parents because they were divorced and sometimes you're with them, sometimes you weren't. You spent a lot of time with your grandpa and grandma. Mm -hmm. Take us there. Did you have a relationship with them? Um, well, with my mom. So my mom was only 16 when she got pregnant and 17 when she had me. So, And then I was an only child till six. And I'm really an only child between those two parents. She had children with other men and my dad had stepkids. So um, me and my mom were pretty close because with no guy around, you know, we were close. Um, she, was, she was a good mom in the sense of like a parent, like taking care of me and disciplining me and things like that. But... You know, the 
the life of partying or men or whatever would distract her. And that's where I'd end up with my grandparents. So my grandma, of course, I had a great relationship with her. My grandpa was a new believer and pretty hard and harsh. And so I didn't really have a relationship to him until I was older. And then, but that whole time I was longing for a dad actually, mm -hmm. because I was like, why did he abandon me? And why did he leave? And why isn't he here? And I didn't understand all that as a kid. And I wanted a father, even though I had a grandfather, but so I eventually went and lived with him and, um, and, and he would even admit, you know, I think when I lived with him, he probably said, I love you once to me. Now mm -hmm. we say it now when we're on the phone and he's older and gotten softer, but his dad wasn't that way to him. And so he wasn't that way to me. And I grew up with my grandma who's like, you know, snuggling me and loving me and say, I love you all the time. So that was super hard to go into that and have not really a close relationship with my stepmom. I mean, we're, we get along great, but it wasn't like a mom and, you know, you dealt yeah. with that with kids and having mixed families. So, yeah, so it definitely makes you lean on your, your relationship with the Lord. I mean, because you're just like, uh, nobody understands me. And some of my family is not, uh, believes what I believe. And so that's just like speaking a different language. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting because when I listen to your story and even yours, it, it, this, this destroys all these, uh, these straw men that people make. I mean, that you're, I mean, this is what a Christian family should look like. And this is how the product that I, I often use the, uh, I say that a lot of people have a cake box, uh, approach to, uh, parenting. Uh, you know, here's the cake box, here's the directions. You read the directions, you put the you put the mix and the eggs and the flour and you, and you grease the pan and you put the oven at 350 and it's going to be a cake every time. And then it, it isn't always it happens. I, we've all met wonderful families, wonderful parents, uh, not perfect because none of us are, whose kids just went off the deep end. And then you're on the other side. You had, you, yeah. you had a completely discombobulated mm -hmm. uh, kind of an upbringing. Yep. And here you are, a trophy and, of grace. And my wife would... You could be say the same thing. She grew up in a house of any religion is okay. We're going to explore them all. We're going to do whatever we want. Go off to college. She got saved in college. Yeah. So and God did what He wanted. Now this uh, isn't to say that God doesn't use those sure. factors. Sure, absolutely. Uh, so so back to you, Vivian. You no dad, no husband, no dad. Uh, you already said you one of the reasons, one of them, and but you had some. Really tight friendships, as I recall, that were directly connected to Sayreville Church. Correct. And uh, and then there was my personal experience that you you heart connected with as well. And um, so uh, you know, so here you are in the church. How did the church did the church factor into the development and playing the role of a dad in those kids' lives? Yes, very much so. And most of the time, not because I was necessarily seeking that out. People just stepped into our lives, which was is quite a blessing. I mean, like, um, I stayed in a, I got in a cell group that had married couples, even though that's a little painful mm -hmm. as the single person, but I wanted my kids to be part of two parent families. I wanted them to see that marriage modeled and how dads play with kids and, and many of those people would take my kids away and do sledding and sporting and those kinds of things. Daniel got involved with sound. Mm -hmm. And the sound people became people that were investing in his life. Mm -hmm. I can remember particularly one Father's Day, somebody, we must have had a testimony time on Father's Day night or something. 
and somebody had said the men of the church had become their father. And Daniel came home, and I can I can remember this like it was yesterday, and he said, that's true. Hmm. The men in the church have become like a father to hmm. me. Hmm. And I didn't have to ask them. I, they just mm -hmm. stepped up and did it. Wow, that's really cool. I remember a time one of our volunteers who had also lost his dad, um, that those two, your son and him, had really had a great day. I can't remember. It was maybe your husband's uh, passing, like his memorial His day, anniversary or, or something. It was, or it was Father's Day, but it was a big deal to Daniel, I could tell. Yes, very big yeah. deal. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. So, Doug, you have how many kids? Huh? <laughs> Okay, you have five. I can't believe you have five children. Look, look who's talking. <laughs> uh, and uh, now their 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 ages are spread out, but uh, you have one that's a teenager now. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, do they always honor their father and mother? <laughs> well, no. I mean, they because uh, they look like pretty... really really good kids from my vantage point. Yeah, I mean, I f I feel like they're not the. They're not purposely doing it yet. I feel like a lot of it's just immaturity or selfishness, you know, their own sin. I don't think they're blatantly doing it at this point, but I have that natural fear of, of you know, seeing some of your children go through it. And I'm like, he's a pastor and, you know, lost control of children in their teenage years. And so far they're all doing great, but I don't know, you know, I don't know what's going on in their heart and yeah. secretly and whatever. So... Yeah. Well, that's to be continued, yeah. and we need to continue to be. We need to continue. I mean, I mean, you know, I love. We love your children. Yeah. they're very dear to us. And I, we, my wife and I, attempt to speak into their hearts and lives as we know. And we mentioned this in the message that you know this whole business of uh, of of the authorities. You don't have to be a widow uh, mm -hmm. to 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 want other people to be mothers to your yeah. children, to be fathers well, to your children. One of my sons claims he was saved with Marilyn in the front row one day after church. Mm -hmm. He still claims that today. Uh, wow. So, I, you know, of course we don't know at this point, but now, it's pretty awesome. Now, Vivian, you, you met, let's go back to this relationship thing because, uh, the, you know, there's no time God doesn't say, and at the age of 12... That's when you have to really begin to build a relationship because they're not going to just put up with because I said, I told you so. Um, and I was telling you off, uh, off camera here a little bit ago. I mean, as I look back at my own mistakes, which are legion, uh, there is one particular time that comes into my mind. Uh, our second uh, youngest, who uh, really did, was one of those that you just mentioned, went off the beaten path for a while quite a while and broke my heart. But uh, when he was in, I think, I want to say, I think he was actually in sixth grade. He was pretty young, but he was in one of our public schools around here and uh, he started liking a girl. And we were in the car, it was just two of us. And he was very tenderhearted. He's, he's always been a tenderhearted kid. And he said, dad, he goes, I, I really like this girl. And, he, and I said, really, what's her name? And he told me your name. And, and I asked, well, is she a Christian? And he said, no, she's not a Christian. And um, it was just a great opportunity for me to build a relationship with my son, have a conversation about this. But I'm a preacher. I went in and I'm a dad. And, you know, it's because I said so. And uh, what? It, how old are you when you're in sixth grade? You're about 12, aren't you? You're about 11 or 12. At any rate, I... I don't remember. I, I don't even want to remember what I said to him because I, I just got into the 
you know, that, that would be an unequal yoke. You can't do this. You can't. The law. She needs to, yeah, the law. She needs to be evangelized. She doesn't need to be dated. You know, all of this. And, and anyway, you're too young. Yeah, and he just, <laughs> I just watched his countenance drop. I watched, I mean, I, 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 I saw it happening. What did you say a little earlier? You said, and, and we didn't, it didn't stop. I didn't I mean, stop. You, you see it and you just think you've got to say it because. Because they know what you're going to say. Even though yeah. I saw his countenance drop. I know, but we didn't stop. And that's the mistakes I made too, over and over again. So I think it starts even before you're 12. And, and my advice to people is listen, mm -hmm. listen, listen. Mm. Um, you don't have to like have a solution or an answer. You're building those relationships while you're listening. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because it was years later. By the way, that son of mine didn't talk to me about another girlfriend relationship for the next four <laughs> years, as you can just imagine. Uh, but I had another opportunity uh, with another son, one that you're much closer to. He was sitting in his uh, room, and uh, what had happened was he and his friends had gone out, and, and somebody had pulled out some marijuana, and apparently he tried it. And I, I believe it was the only time he ever tried it, but he tried it, and I got wind of the fact that it, uh, that it happened. Poor choice of word. Yeah, it it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I'm standing, I can still picture myself standing in the threshold of his bedroom and I'm looking at him. What is the deal? I mean, I said, you know, you know better than this. You know what you believe. And I'll never forget what he said to me. He looked right at me and he said, dad, sometimes I have no idea what I believe. Hmm. And I, re I, first of all, you can knock me over with a feather. But then it was like the Spirit of God spoke my heart and said, embrace this, embrace this struggle, don't, don't double down. And I didn't. I mean, it was, God was good to me that day. So I think he was good to me the other day. I just ignored him back then. But this time I said, and I, we sat, we talked, and we, we worked through it. So mm -hmm. that relationship was building here a little bit. So um, anyway, so, so, uh, so Doug, I mean, here you are now on the flip side of it. You're raising kids. Mm -hmm. They are good kids. I mean, you've got a few that are testing you along the way. I'm sure that'll mm -hmm. ramp up a little bit. We want to be here for you mm -hmm. and continue to be here for you. Um, uh, you know, what? tell us a little bit about uh, your relationship. Just briefly, uh, now that you're on your own, you're, you're, you've, uh, you know, you've, you're not under the yoke and you're not under the authority of your mother or your father anymore. How are you honoring your mom and dad? Because um, uh, they're not exactly, you know, probably where we might be in our walk with God. Uh, would they be Christians? Well, what could you talk to us about that? And yeah. If you can, if you can at all. Yeah. I mean, I think if I asked them if they were, they would say they are, mm -hmm. but I mean, they don't attend church and I don't know, they don't say anything spiritual. So, um, that they neither would be against what I believe. Um, they both grew up in churches, and I think they've just, you know, wandered away from it probably. So they would agree with a lot of the beliefs you have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. How are you but, honoring them right now? Yeah, I mean, I purposely, obviously, like you said, or I think before we were recording, like you know, birthdays and different times, we invite them to all of our kids' birthdays and Christmas and like all that kind of stuff, and. Um, we don't get involved in any, um, any, what you could call drama, like have, um, it's just a broken family, all of our siblings are all over the place and we haven't heard from one forever and things like that. So, 
I try to stay, I don't try to feed into that kind of stuff. I try to be the light and I try mm. to be the hope and not directly me, of course, Jesus, but yes, of course, trying to show that and trying to show the correct ways to ask. But I, I just, um, care about what they're doing, I guess, you know, my dad's had heart issues and I, I will drive all the way up to see him in Minnesota the day I hear it, if, if it's possible right now, you can't with COVID, but you know, we've done that before we, we go so all their holiday things they invite us to. Um, so we just try to drop everything for them. You know, I try to th- reverse the role. You know, like my kids are out of my house. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I we talk to our kids all the time about like, don't move away, stay, stay here. <laughs> but I already got one, wanted to be a missionary. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, Lord, he's actually yours. But so I did that with my, my dad. I mean, I remember moving to Minnesota temporarily uh, for a job in my 20s. And then you calling me back here to work. And he was just, he was, he was upset because he, I could tell he was glad I was back in his life. Mm -hmm. And so I know that's important to him, even though he's not an emotional guy or a, or a talking kind of person. So I try to just flip the role and think of as what I would want to be when my kids are gone. I want to go to everything. I want to go up there and do stuff with them. But Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard because both of them are instigators in my life when it comes to communication. So I just think their life's fine. They don't really care. They don't need me or they've got other kids around them or we believe our, my bubble in life is working at a church and I'm church, church, and they don't go to church. So it's like it doesn't mesh super well. And so I feel like they're just not interested. And I'm sure it's the other way around. They're thinking he's busy with church. He has his own kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I think I feel like I'm going to learn the most out of all of this because you guys are already in that spot. I'm like soaking this in. Right? Yeah. So I'd love to know like how, how to communicate that. I even think about my grandparents that are older and I'm like, how much do I want to call them and get a hold of them? Or am I annoying them and they're busy and they think the same way about me. So I think that relationship, I, as a believer, I know I need to instigate that. I mean, so, um, yeah, it's, that would be how I honor my parents is, mm-hmm. is instigating the relationship, even though sometimes I might not want to because something, whether it's political or religious or something that nobody wants to talk about, I, I will still I will still get into the conversation or go to the event or, you know. Well, that's I think that's helpful. As the parent of an adult child and a couple that live away, the best thing they can do for me is give me a phone call or mm-hmm. give me some hours in their life. That mm-hmm. is honoring to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I would agree. Uh, you, you know, it used to be I was always the initiator right. of the of the text of the calls, and, st- and I, I still do that. Uh, but it's fun to just get. I mean, uh, just the other day, my daughter, who's uh, at. Uh, one of the churches down south uh, just sent me a text out of the blue. Uh, she'd run, she'd come across something in her Bible reading, and and she drew an analogy, and it was just, and she put me into the analogy, and she sent it to me in a text with the hearts, and it just meant the world to me. I mean, it was just a, I'm sure she just did it on a whim, but it just meant the world to mm-hmm. me. And uh, so those are our ways that our kids can honor us. But now, Doug, you you weren't abused. Uh, and yet, I mean, in a home like you had, some might think you were, but you weren't. Not that I know of. Um, I mean, but, I'm just, honestly, like as a child, I, you know, don't remember things. Right. Probably, but I don't remember that, no. I'm now, as, as, as a pastor and as a teacher, we are mandatory reporters. And, and you know, we, we come across these hard cases from time to time. And, um, and when we hear of abuse, what's the first thing you have to do as a teacher if you hear of abuse? What's your... You, you have to report it. Yeah. 
you're not supposed to investigate. You just have to report it and let someone else do the investigation. Now, that's the same rule that we have. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, now, uh, on the other hand, then it becomes a little more vague. You hear that there's been a history of this and they've gone through the authorities and this and that. And actually, somebody sent a question um, uh, in that says that physically or sexually, when a child is being deeply injured by a parent, how do you differentiate between honoring and then... and so? submitting to abuse. Could you give some explanation on what honoring your parents is supposed to look like when you're living in an abusive situation? And actually, uh, I, I did have a conversation. This is not the person who asked the question. Someone else came to me just the other day after this sermon with a very similar question. It was, uh, there was the parent and then there was the child. The parent uh, said that, uh, uh, the former spouse was abusive to the child when the child would go to visit them. Now, this child is already closing in on their teen years. I'm purposely trying to leave the, uh, the yeah, genders out. And uh, uh, so old enough to know exactly what's going on. And uh, the abuse has been continues. It's verbal. And at one time, apparently, it was even sexual. Now, they've done, they've gone to the authorities, so I, there's, my part is already, is now just to play the role of what should they do. And they're asking sincerely this question, how do I, how, how do I honor my other parent? And my response was, uh, first of all, if, if it's ongoing, you should never be under that situation, ever, ever, ever. Uh, make sure you've asked, talked to all the authorities that are involved. Uh, but then, to what degree could you still honor your parent that has hurt you so deeply? And I think the first thing I thought was, and I said to them, this is hard. Mm -hmm. um, this is really hard. Um, because they don't deserve it. None of us deserve the honoring we get. But this is, you know, I, and I don't know where you two are, but I, abusing children, in my mind, it's, it's, it's the one thing I just can't, I can't take. I mean, it just... I just, I lose it when I hear about abused children. And, um, but I told this uh, young person that they could still wish their parent a happy birthday. They could still wish them well wishes, uh, uh, write them notes, uh, and certainly be praying for them. There are ways that they could honor. Would you add or take away from any of that? Uh, I just thought of the word forgive. Like, I didn't think about it when we talked about it earlier, but for some reason that's coming up in my mind is just like you know that's kind of what i would say to my parents i mean i know they were super young when they got married and um, divorced at three and i um didn't i just heard from my dad on holidays and you know birthdays so to forgive them and even to be able to say that to them somehow at the right time in the right way yeah. would be honoring i think and that's an important thing uh there I don't think anybody should ever go up to someone and say, I forgive you when they're not asking for forgiveness. Uh, that's almost an insult. You're, you're assuming they're, mm. when, you, when right. you say to somebody, I forgive you, yeah. you're assuming they're sorry for their sin against mm -hmm. you, their offense. Now you can forgive them and I think we should. We have to be prepared to do that. I mean, the father forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Uh, but you wait and pray for that day where they themselves come to the end of themselves and yeah. seek forgiveness from you. But I think but that's pretty important. It would be important. easier to do the like birth, happy birthday stuff. I mean, forgiveness in your own heart, because otherwise you're kind of doing, I mean, you're still doing it out of obedience, I guess, or mm -hmm. like, um, but I feel like if you were truly forgiving them in your heart, 
and then you were able to like love on them. Yeah. You know, I think that would be the first step. I'm just trying to think of my own life. That's good. Well, I appreciate both of you coming in here and having this conversation. It's really been helpful to me. I hope it's helpful for those who are watching on this podcast. Parenting is tough work, <laughs> but it's really rewarding. I'm on the flip side now. My kids are all grown up, as are yours. <laughs> And uh, they're not... I mean, That's really rewarding. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all... My, nine out of my 10 children are married and have, ch and have children. And uh, it's just an absolute delight for us, all, although it's exhausted to try to get over I'm all their... i that day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it, that day's coming. And be encouraged. And be encouraged out there, too. Uh, God bless you as you work through uh, the hard work, but the joyous work of parenting.